Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, March 25th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, House GOP is teeing up an onslaught against big tech. Number two, Kevin McCarthy's plans for a GOP majority. And number three, we've got the tally Joe Manchin's giving big to the DSEC. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We have both been in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida for the House GOP retreat. And one through line that I think was pretty stunning uh, for both of us is just how much big tech, uh, and that's not just necessarily one company that a lot of people think is in uh, their their eyesight, but just how much Republicans plan and are already working behind the scenes to go after Silicon Valley. Yeah, I, I mean, greetings from the Sunshine State, which is not sunny and has not been sunny for one moment since we've been in Florida. Um, but it, it, I'd say the question that we get, Anna, you and I a lot is, what will Republicans do about big tech? Um, we get this from people in Silicon Valley and San Francisco. Um, and I, I always get the sense that that some of these some big companies are not completely aware of just how bad it will be if Republicans take the majority for some of these big companies. Of course, you can't paint them all with with one brush. Um, but I could we I could tell you and, and based on our conversations at the at the Republican retreat, it is a going to be an onslaught of investigations into all technology companies in the Republican majority. Um, I, we we have a conversation which we'll we'll bring to you at the end of this podcast today with Kathy McMorris Rogers, the chair or the the ranking member, the ranking Republican on the Energy and Commerce Committee, which has uh, big jurisdiction into into big tech. And here's and we also talked to Kevin McCarthy in the newsletter this morning. We have uh, our snippets of our conversation with McCarthy at the Republican retreat. And listen, I think they are planning a massive set of investigations. They are planning to go after companies like Facebook, like Google. I mean, McCarthy even mentioned GoFundMe, which he says is, uh, uh, in his estimation, targets conservatives. And um, I would just say, Anna, I'm curious of your of your perspective here, but I would say that it is just going to be, uh, it's going to be quite messy for a lot of technology companies around the country because Republicans feel as if um, it's not they're not fair that they are quote unquote deplatformed that they are censored that they are um, uh, just treated unfairly by these companies and and that's something they want to end yeah I would put, kind of put it in two buckets one I think that it is one thing that Republicans can be for when there's not a lot, you know, now that they besides kind of reducing taxes and being against Obamacare, it's something that they've been able to coalesce around uh, as a as a kind of a party. It's also, I would say, number two, something that it's not just Republicans. I think you are also see a lot of appetite among Democrats to find probably for very different reasons, but to try to kind of take on 
big tech as as it's called and i think that you're going to see you know republicans and democrats working together in this area in a way that we we don't often see on capitol hill and so it's kind of met that you know kind of apex moment where republicans need something they have latched on to this they are very passionate about it um i think it's something that their voters care about uh, as well as the fact that you have Democrats in a very different vein, but also have latched onto it, feel like they need to do something, um, you know, to take on big tech. And so that, to me, is going to be kind of the, the interesting dynamic to watch. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I think we should be prepared, we meaning society and Congress watchers should be prepared for just them hauling in CEOs all the time to the Energy and Commerce Committee, to the Judiciary Committee. Um, they are already planning their changes to Section 230, that critical code that mandates how tech companies are responsible for what's on their platforms. Um, again, this is just going to be a central issue for Republicans. And please stay tuned to at the end of the conversation for our our talk with Kathy McMorris Rogers on on all of these issues. All right, let's go into the number two story of the morning. Uh, beyond big tech, McCarthy got into quite a bit detail, Jake, honestly, um, where he plans to go the minute he becomes uh, speaker, if Republicans are indeed successful after the midterms, um, kind of laid out not everything, not just kind of where he, what he would do on proxy voting and some of the more kind of nuts and bolts of the business of, of what happens in the Capitol, but truly kind of what that legislative, you know, kind of first couple of days might look like. Yeah, he talked about uh, energy independence and energy independence package, which he plans to to put forward in the first days of a possible Republican majority. He wants to get rid of the magnetometers. No, no uh, surprise there. He said he he's readying a, pa- a parent's bill of rights, uh, trying to aim at uh, parental control of schools and things of that nature. He wants a bill to secure the border and one to target the proliferation of fentanyl. He said he also intends to launch investigations into the origin of COVID-19 and the bungled withdrawal of US, U.S. troops from Afghanistan. He also said he would change the federal budgeting window to 20 years instead of 10 years. Uh, this is something Republicans have talked about for years, but it is not um, has never really happened. And furthermore, it's um, not really that big of an issue for except for people like us who are following the Capitol on a day to day basis. He said he would like to send the House Intelligence and Armed Services Committees to MIT, who doesn't like Boston for a course on artificial intelligence and quantum computing. One other interesting nugget, he said he may change the January 6th committee's focus to zoom in on why the Capitol was unprepared for the attack. And he said he would like to understand why what Speaker Nancy Pelosi said to the sergeant at arms on January 6th regarding uh, the security of the Capitol. Lots uh, to Lots unpack to think there about. and certainly <laughs> and see, you know, what actually he can do. Um, but something that was certainly a forecasting of, of what his priorities are going to be for the first uh, several days, if he indeed is the next speaker uh, of the House. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin, he cut a $100,000 check, Jake, to the DSCC this week as his party strives to maintain its fragile hold on the Senate majority in November. Um, a Manchin spokesman confirmed he gave that contribution. But it was interesting with this stipulation that it will not be used against any sitting Senate colleagues. So Manchin trying to get right a lot of frustration with him among his colleagues over uh, the bill back better and his hold up with that, but still trying to uh, show that he is a Democrat and and does want Democrats to uh, maintain the majority after the November election. Yeah, that's right. I mean, interestingly, I don't 
I don't think the DSCC was ever planning on going after any incumbents, but um, uh, that's kind of the he's mansionizing his contribution here uh, uh, and making sure that it, that the DSCC doesn't go after any incumbents. But uh, this comes as, you know, Manchin's trying to say again he wants the Build Back Better Act or something like it to to get through. He's been saying this in, in a variety of, of ways, shapes and forms over the last couple of months. So listen, I mean, it's interesting to us that he's given this contribution just because he's been crosswise with Democrats on a whole host of issues. So, um, you know, I, I would say that this is a, a uh, relatively interesting donation. And uh, because remember, the DSCC is not really supported like the NRCC and the DCCC by members. It's supported by contributions. Plus, senators raise money uh, uh, for their own campaigns, and the campaign committees are not as strong and powerful uh, as they are on the House side. All right. And with that, we're going to leave you this morning with Jake's conversation with Kathy McMorris-Rogers, a ranking member on Energy and Commerce. Uh, they talked a lot about what, what it looks like for a majority for the Republicans and particularly what it means for big tech. Listen in. Okay, Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers, big tech. Let's talk about it. So give, give me your, I have a list of questions here. What is the headline for big tech if Republicans take the majority? The headline for big tech when the Republicans take the majority. <laughs> when, okay, in your view. <laughs> is that they're going to be held accountable, that they have become the, the most wealthy, most powerful companies in the history of the world, and they have become a destructive force on, on too many fronts. They are limiting the battle of ideas, the censorship that is taking place now on these platforms, the lack of uh, protection of free speech and First Amendment constitutional rights that we cherish as Americans is one, the impact that they're having on our kids, uh, too many stories of kids that are being negatively impacted, the cyberbullying, the access to illicit drugs, fentanyl that's available. I've, I hear from too many parents. Um, the lack of respect to personal inform information, lack of privacy. They are collecting warehouses full of information on each one of us, and they may be free, but in all reality, we are the product, and we need to know what is actually being collected, how it's being used, how it's being stored, or how it's being shared. How does, what does it look like at the beginning if Republicans take the majority, which I am, I am duty-bound to, to say is not a foregone conclusion, although it certainly looks like you'll be in the majority. Um, what, is it, what is the first kind of, what's a priority? What do you see? I mean, your committee, which you, may or, you will likely chair, Energy and Commerce, has jurisdiction over... Uh, as John Dingle once said, everything that moves is energy. Everything that moves is, ener is energy, and everything that doesn't is commerce. There we go. So, so the internet doesn't move. Uh, but what is that like? What is what? What does it look like at the beginning? Like, what are some priorities at the top? Well, the pri one one big priority for Republicans is dealing with the censorship that's been taking place on these platforms. So talk about that. That's so, YouTube. That's Twitter. In your view? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, uh, the lack of the battle of ideas. I remember when these platforms first came forward, and I, I really thought that they were going to be a force for good. I thought that, you know, they would help build relationships. And, and, and this. I remember spending a lot of time thinking that this is going to be a way that we can engage with our constituency. And today, they are blocking content. They are blocking 
people. They're blocking conservatives in particular, and they they need to protect free speech. The answer to misinformation, disinformation, is that more speech. We need more speech, and and so our our one of our top priorities is going to be to ensure that we we are um, protecting free speech, protecting the battle of ideas. And um, I mean, some some uh, those they would argue that there is some censorship that's necessary, right? That there are people who are claiming wild ideas about things like COVID, about the election, and people don't need to be hearing that because they're they're complete nonsense. The answer is more speech. So they, they yeah, in, think, in right? yeah. uh, following COVID-19, the very beginning, they have spent more than a year shutting down any information, any anyone that was talking about the possibility of COVID-19 being originated in a Wuhan lab in China. They, they shut that down. Now, it seems pretty likely that's, that is what happened, that there was some kind of a lab leak, but yet they made a decision. Why did they make that decision? Why did they decide? Why, they're not the arbiters of truth, and yet they are, they are acting as if they are now, and, and it would have been helpful to have more voices out there. You know, the battle of ideas, you know, it, you, we, gain, we gain information by listening to one another and not just taking one person's opinion as uh, being the, the truth. Okay, so let's talk about, in your view then, probably some of the most egregious actors are who? The egregious actors are, well, there's, there's egregious actors on multiple fronts. Uh, certainly Twitter, Facebook, but when it comes to the app stores, it's important that conservatives have access to app stores, and that's, that's Apple and Google. And then you have the importance of, of having access to have um, uh, free market ideas <laughs> produce, uh, allowed on web, web um, services and in the cloud. And the fact that Parler was shut down in 18 hours, it didn't even allow to get launched in, these, in, in the web services. That's a problem when they are blocking that kind of content, and it seems to be out of a political position or ideology that they hold. Do you think, I mean, I imagine you'll bring in some of these CEOs and, and leaders for hearings, correct? And force them to answer in public. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Yes. That's an easy answer. Yes, yes, for sure. Yes. I, I, and, and it's important that Congress do that. It's, in, it's, a, it's part of it. It's important that we, we have hearings, that we bring in these, as well as others that are trying to get into uh, the new entrants, the new innovators, uh, Parler and Getter and Truth and some <laughs> of the future competitors yeah. need to I'd love to have them come before the committee and, and share what challenges they face. So one thing that I heard, I mentioned this to you before we started, is some companies in, and excuse the background noise to our listeners, uh, mm -hmm. we are in the middle of a hotel lobby, a beautiful hotel in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Some people think that you guys paint with too broad a brush when it comes to technology and, and, and dissenters would say, okay, well, big tech, is, is it a food delivery service? I mean, what, what, what is in common between a payment service, a food delivery service, and Facebook, other than the, that they're all kind of in the same geographical area in California? So, I mean, is that a concern of yours, that, too, that, that you guys are not being precise or you're perhaps being imprecise is the better way about 
who it is you're actually going after. It's not just big, I mean, big tech is a big umbrella. Yes. Well, and, and part of the reason that we're down here in Florida is because it's important to be able to talk to one another right. and to be able to gather and up until just well, the day before the State of the Union, uh, there were still mass mandates in Washington, D.C. that really limited us being able to gather. And so we we uh, are down here having our, our uh, retreat uh, once a year we get together. But, uh, you know, my my hope is coming out of COVID is that we, there will be a new era of entrepreneurship and innovation in this country. I believe that the United States of America is the country that has embraced innovation, technology, and, and, and it's extraordinary what that has meant to people in all different ways, lifting the standard of living and, and raising and lifting people out of poverty. So I, I fundamentally believe that there's a lot of good to still be accomplished. Um, I believe that big tech in particular, some of these largest, um, most powerful uh, companies like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Google have become destructive. Now, when we talk about reforms, especially on the censorship front, on Section 230, the liability, question, you know, yeah. I, I, am, I am looking with John, Jim Jordan, he's on judiciary, but we have draft legislation now that would, that would separate out the largest tech companies. If you have over $3 billion in revenue and 300 million active monthly users, then you would be put in, under new rules. But we want to make sure that the, the new innovators and small businesses have an opportunity to compete, that they don't get crushed. So the, the Section 230 liability protections are really critical for them to be able to be competitive. And I do believe in a free market. I believe in competition. And that is, those are conservative values that we are bringing as we are uh, discussing how to hold big tech accountable. Now, um let me go back to my list of questions here. How much, I mean, how much are you hearing from these tech companies now? I mean, you guys are, two, you're 200 something days away from election day. You're only five seats away from being in the majority and what's shaping up to be a good year for Republicans. So this doesn't seem like it's theoretical. This seems like it's on the brink of being an actual dynamic in Congress. And it seems to me, I mean, my impression is that big, quote unquote, big tech is like probably one of the top planks of this Republican majority in a way that perhaps cutting spending was in 2010 and other things in other in other years. I mean, are you hearing from the big tech companies about what you might do? Well, definitely. Uh, they have they are engaging with our members. It's interesting that they fund a lot of different other entities, other organizations, third party groups, third I mean. party groups. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, they fund a lot of other third party groups to help deliver messages at times that seem to confuse perhaps divide uh, our members at different times. So this is, isn't, I mean, they, on what issues are, are you talking about that they, that they tend to, that they're trying to confuse? Well, I've, 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 I've picked up on this with the section 230 reforms mm -hmm. that we are, that we are considering right now that members have heard from different entities, different organizations about various concerns and I was like wow so this one's saying this over here and then some something completely opposite over here so yes um, so there's a there's a variety of ways that they can uh, protect the status quo okay that's good thank you very much thank you 
All right. Thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.